Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Joined us, 303-690-3000 is the number. So grateful for you to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions. And the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. And we also have a dedicated texting line. And that texting line is 720-336-0897. And whether you ask ask a question we've heard a million times, or it's the very first time we ever um, we ever heard that question, you are welcome to ask three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. If you have turn the dial, but you come back. If you have uh, been away on vacation or wherever you've been, we welcome you back to Calvary Life. Even if you were just listening yesterday to Pastor Jeff Figgs, I think, does Tuesdays. Or does Nick Katie do Tuesdays? Nick? Jeff. Nick does Mondays. And Pastor Nick Katie from up in Longmont, Colorado, and then Pastor Jeff from Greeley, has Tuesdays, and then I have the privilege of being here on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. The phone lines are all full, so start texting, would you? Um, we're taking, <clears throat> we take text calls or questions if you're in a safe place uh, to fill time while we wait for the phone lines to be processed uh, and also to... Uh, be answered. So we got four lines so quickly. So thank you guys. Um, I want to remind you that we have Bible study tonight uh, here at Calvary Church. We're in Southeast Aurora, Colorado. We meet at 7 p.m. and we're studying through the book of Daniel together. Just a fascinating prophetic book and also a fascinating personal book. <clears throat> and we're just getting started. Tonight we're looking at the value of music in worship, how God uses music to develop a worshipful heart in us and to lead us into deeper areas of worship. Then we're going to hear an update from our Philippine missions team uh, that just came back, short-term team, and then we're going to hear uh, an update. Uh, really, we're not, it's not an update. We're going to, we're going to be praying together uh, as we pray corporately uh, together. And we, we definitely want to pray together as a church. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a powerful thing, prayer. We, we rely on too many things. I was just mentioning this this weekend how, uh, really, I just asked for forgiveness for us before the Lord, that <clears throat> why we would try everything first before praying, before asking God to give us wisdom, because he does give wisdom, and he can give wisdom, and he wants to give wisdom. <clears throat> so uh, let's go right to the phone lines. There is an open line, so give us a call. Well, it's full now. <laughs> Sorry. Loretta, Brighton, Colorado. Loretta, welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. So my question to you is, um, so I'm having, I don't want to say a debate, but I have my question to you of how you feel about people that use medical marijuana for seizures or cancer or whatever. In my head, in my heart, I believe, I've heard you say it many times, that God tells us my grace is sufficient for you, and we are to be sober-minded in the Spirit. And I have other people that they say that they're believers, but they believe that medical marijuana is okay. Well, I just try to take a biblical approach, because it's hard for me to stand in someone's shoes and be dogmatic for their lives. Uh, in relationship to how they make these choices, because you know they could, they could choose a prescription-based opioid, and that could be just as bad as that for them as uh, smoking a joint. And and yet, there, here's the position I take, and this is the position I teach. Uh, the Bible teaches that we're not to be drunk with wine, in which is excess, but we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, according to uh, Ephesians, and that seems to be a principle. Although it is speaking of alcohol here, I believe it has a broader application to being under the influence of any substance where it takes away our faculties and our ability to think straight. And so I would, uh, I, I, I understand that there are, there are unique cases where it seems as if in the medical community, the only solution seems to be this medical marijuana in various forms. Um, but I don't believe that's the strongest argument against what the Bible teaches, because uh, in other really dramatic issues, the extreme arguments are seen are are used in order to um, in order to erase the obvious. And so, my heart goes out to those that are in chronic pain. My heart goes out to those that maybe suffer from uncontrolled seizures, or there's a a situation with a baby that the doctors can't figure out. Um, but my teaching, and, and I hope when, if I ever get to that place, uh, I hope that God will give me the needed grace to get through, um, because I don't want to go back to a thing that took me under its power and took me under its control. Um, and I just try to stick to a biblical narrative and let people sort it out. I don't even need to argue about it. If they have that firm conviction, then they're going to have to answer to the God for it. Um, they don't answer to me for it. Right. Uh, here in our Can church... Well, I would just Can say you this. Pray for me not to be so legalistic about it and not sure. to be, I guess, for me to be able to be tamed by my tongue to watch what I say, because I don't want to offend anybody who chooses to do that. And I don't want yeah. for it to be a debate, but I just, I, I read what I read in my Bible. And I was listening to Pastor Skip the other day, and he did say exactly what came out of your mouth is that we have to take it into a broader span that it says alcohol in the Bible, but if you're high on marijuana, isn't it almost the same effect that you're not in you're not in the spirit? Well, and, it, and you know, before they legalized marijuana, 
um, I, I, when I would teach through this, I would, I would include marijuana because it, it, it is known as a drug that brings you under its influence. But I also was careful to include those drugs that could be prescribed because they have the same effect. And, and it is a great dilemma when you are in chronic pain. You know, we have many people in our church that are in chronic pain and have tried, you know, kind of like the woman with the issue of blood, you know, they've spent all their money and time trying to find a solution. And, and this particular solution seems to be a solution, seems to be the answer. Um, the problem is, is that the answer, in my understanding of the scripture, takes you over the edge. And I can't go past that edge. And neither can I teach that it's okay to go past that edge. Um, I won't teach it. I won't. Um, I won't allow the exceptions to miss, to miss, um, to, to misconstrue what the clear teaching of the Bible is. But I also, like you, want to be compassionate, and I want to encourage people to, to have their, their convictions based upon God's Word and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's a lot of things that could bring you under its power, so it's not just marijuana. And I know there's other options that they're extracting the substances out of the marijuana plant uh, and, and keeping some of the healing properties without the properties that get you high. Um, but a lot of people, it's just a... It's just a uh, for some people, I should say, they, it's just the ability to smoke a joint legally. And, you know, I've gone down that road already, and it wasn't good for me. Um, it was a very bad road that the very first beer I drank, the very first marijuana cigarette I, I took, and everything else that followed, um, it literally destroyed my life. And I cooperated. Like, the substance didn't do it as much as I did it, but the substance was the hammer that I beat myself over the head with and my wife, and my son, and my parents, and society, um, you name it, those substances made me a danger to society. And I know that doesn't affect everyone the same way, but I simply i am unable to teach that it's okay, both biblically and personally. Right. And so would I be looking at it the same way as when you have surgery and they prescribe you Percocet or... Um, say you have a kidney stone and they give you morphine for the pain. It's yeah. not like you, it's a continual use, but yet it is something that is accommodating you for the pain. Yeah, I think we need to be careful with any... I, I just I just went in for my wisdom teeth being taken out a couple years ago, and they and they told me all the horror stories and everything, and, and the horror stories were actually pretty true. It was <laughs> one of the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life, and and they prescribed me, I don't know, codeine or whatever, Tylenol with codeine, I don't remember. It wasn't super heavy, but it did have that ability. And I, was, I, I had this sense of, I don't want to take them. I don't want to take them. I don't want to go there. And I ended up taking them. Now, they didn't take me out of, my, out of sorts. It just cut the pain just a little bit. Uh, and, and I know that people have to make this decision before the Lord. And I hope that they make it biblically. I hope that they make it personally. And how can they be most effective for the kingdom and I can tell you this, though, um, if anyone here at Calvary Church is, is on medical marijuana or legal marijuana, they won't, they won't have any responsibility over our children. They won't have any responsibility over the youth. Um, there'll be very little responsibility. I mean, I, um, we've only had a couple people fill out medical or um, ministry applications. We're not going to let them work at the, um, you know, at the, in the cafe where there's hot coffee and there's like, it, it doesn't put them in a position to be used by God, at least not in the context of this church. Yeah. And Which makes sense. And I understand that. 
But I, I, I do agree with you that this is a, this is a topic, another topic that causes, divert, um, causes great um, division in the church. And mm-hmm. we waste a lot of energy. Like we can share, if it's a good friend, you know, we can share our viewpoint and leave it at that. And, um, and it's okay. You know, we've, our, unfortunately in our culture, we've kind of lost the art of disagreeing, but still being loving toward one another. And I can disagree with you and still love you. I mean, we're not going to agree on everything. And I need to learn to humble myself with that because there are times where I'm adamant that this is what it says. So you should go off of this where we should be able to, like you said, disagree and still be loving each other. And I have to say, too, it depends on the on the party, too, and how I deliver the love, because there's been people here that um, it, not only on their own mouth, but like their own mannerism, like the more you know a person, the more direct you can be with them, you know? And so I remember telling a brother after service, dude, stop smoking pot. I mean, that was my counsel to him. I I don't care what you, I forget what he said, but I I can see his face right now. I looked at him and I go, dude, what you're doing is sin. (laughs) And because I knew him, I knew the circumstances and, and I knew that the counsel he needed was exactly the way I delivered to him. What's he doing today? Smoking pot. Well, and you have that relationship with him that you feel that you could talk to him in that tone. Yes, I agree. So let's pray. Father, we just, uh, we do pray for these new challenging things that come up. Um, You know, we do have conviction in your word, Lord, and we do have a peace from your Holy Spirit, but not everyone shares those biblical convictions, and not everyone really has an area where they sense the Holy Spirit's stopping them in this. And so... God, I just pray. I don't know where the line is in their lives. I pray for those that are in chronic pain. Um, it is a miserable way to live. It's a miserable condition. I think of those uh, men and women in lupus, or you know, chronic fatigue, or uh, mental, you know, mental health issues. And Lord, you you know all the fine lines. You know, um, you know what you're doing. And 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 if these are true believers, then you dwell in them. So. You have a better access to them with more power and wisdom than we could ever have. And so we just pray for the ability to, to disagree agreeably, to state our biblical convictions, and to not you know, blast a person or, or um, you know, lose friendships because we disagree. And so we just pray for your wisdom in this, in these latter days, as things get more perilous and more difficult. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303 We had a caller did not want to be on the air, so I probably shouldn't even use her name, right? So Gal called and said, uh, do all Calvary chapels have the same doctrine, or do they have liberty in this? Uh, all Calvary chapels will share the same doctrine, uh, but they are all independent, autonomous churches. Uh, but generally, we're going to be uh, seeing things the same way. And I'm, I wish you would have been on the air because I wonder if there's a particular doctrine that you're concerned about. Um, and that way I can answer that specifically. But generally, we, we all <clears throat> hold to uh, a similar doctrine. And I'm trying to think in my mind where that might vary. On secondary matters, on practice, on how a, a particular Calvary Chapel looks or feels or sounds, that's going to be unique to the community, to the pastor, to the leaders. Uh, so there, are, so while Calvary Chapel is a family of churches, it's not monolithic, and that means 
every church is not going to be exactly like the last church. That's why you could come from a church in Florida and attend a church in Colorado, and you're going to notice a Calvary Chapel. <clears throat> you're probably going to notice a lot of things the same, but you'll probably notice things different as well. Size of the church matters too. Um, a, a larger church may have different things than a smaller church. But in general, Calvary should have the same doctrine. Um, but I wish you'd a call back. Maybe you have a question on a particular doctrine. We're going to move to Gay in Denver, Colorado. Gay, welcome to the program. Hi there. Um, I was calling because I just wanted to get some prayer. Okay. Um, back in back in May, um, my husband asked for a divorce, and it was very unexpected. And mm-hmm. events that led to his decision were very unexpected and unlike what I ever thought you know he could do. And I have a, I'm going to a really good church. Okay. I have a really great support group. Good. But I'm having a hard time to just being encouraged, and I know where I'm at now is not where God wants me, and I don't know how to get to to that point of feeling freedom in Him, because I'm having, excuse me, I'm having a really hard time. Father, I pray for my sister as she faces one of the most difficult times in her entire life, and I pray for her com- your comfort to meet her at the deep core of her pain. And I pray for a miraculous turning of events and restoration of her marriage, that you would apprehend her husband's heart and mind. You'd bring him to a place of willingness, of repentance, I should say, first, and then willingness to work things out uh, and to uh, love his wife as Christ loved the church. And Father, I am grateful that you have given Gay a, a fellowship family that surrounds her and loves her, supporting her, pointing her to you, Lord. And I pray that you would establish her and strengthen her. You know, there are times like this where we, we don't know what we need until we need it. And now we, we can see um, the, the, the need in my sister's life. And I just pray that you would provide that for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay. Keep us up to date, okay? Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, there was a text question that came in real quick. It says, Ed, studying Exodus, trying to figure out if polyg- polygamy is sin. Is polygamy a sin? The answer is yes. Polygamy is a sin. If so, the question says, did they know that back then? Because it seems like the law doesn't say it's a sin. The answer is Yes. They did know it back then very clearly. The first time we learn about polygamy is actually in the positive. We learn in God's design for relationships is monogamy. So before before we ever learn about polygamy, we learn about monogamy, where it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, not wives, and they'll become one flesh, not many fleshes. And so we learn monogamy very in the beginning. And of course, by the time we get to Deuteronomy, they, the king wasn't to multiply wives or horses, remember? And, and so they did know it. Uh, they did have knowledge. It was a common practice in the culture, in the pagan culture. Uh, and so they, they adopted the pagan culture, which they were told not to do. Um, but they did know, they disobeyed, and then the, the, the question, that, that begs the question, well, 
Why did God approve of it? He didn't approve of it. He allowed men and women to make their free will decisions even if they were sinful. And because of God's enabling us to make free will decisions in no way approves of the sin that we might choose. We are fully responsible for our own sin. 303-690-3000. Back to Aurora, Colorado. Danny, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? Good. Uh, so, question for you. Uh, it's interesting because I was listening, uh, I don't know if that was the first call, but uh, talking about dividing over things, and um, I had a question about uh, a church that we had been going to, um, and, uh, you know, it was me who made the decision, um, but, you know, it seemed to me that they were preaching a different gospel. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I, which, you know, essentially was, um, if you have any type of sicknesses, um, and you're not being healed of them, then it's essentially on you. You're not standing on faith and believing God, um, because, you know, by his stripes we were healed. So, you know, it's like a, um, you know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, we were all healed, and if we're sick, it's because we're letting things in our life, or we're not standing on the Scriptures, which then becomes our merit, instead of based on the finished work of Christ on the cross. And, um, you know, and so I told, uh, you know, the brother that, you know, uh, one of the brothers that, uh, you know, was, it's pretty, it's the church, and you know, that's what they teach, and they talk about it all the time. So to me, it's almost like a, kind of like a cultish type thing. Uh, if you're constantly talking about the same thing, then that's, that's a bad sign, right? That's, that means that it's a teaching of man, and you're trying to make sure that everybody is on the same page and believing the same thing and doing that. Um, Anyway, so I guess my question is, at what point, it was just funny, I was listening to, uh, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Jeff Figgs or the guy before him on Grace and he's talking about, uh, you know, we don't need to be uh, bashing one another and stuff like that. It's, it's not that I'm bashing anyone, it's just that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, stand for or stand with those who believe that I have something to do with my salvation, you know. And, and it, I feel like, you know, Peter makes it pretty clear in uh, Acts 3 when he told the people, he said, why are you surprised by this man being healed? He said, as if it was by our own godliness for our power that this man was made well. You know, anyway... So, what's your question? What do you? I, I hear you, and I oh, have yeah, a, yeah. an answer to what you say. But what? Where? What are you wrestling with? Well, being separated from fellowship with them is, is, you know. Yeah, the way you described your church doesn't sound like that's a church I would recommend to anyone. And 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 why why because of what I said that it doesn't seem like a different gospel because the doctrine that's being taught there is not consistent with the Bible 
It's not consistent with the character and nature of God. It's not consistent with the life of Jesus. It's, 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 an, it's a twisting of not only that passage of Scripture, but it's a manipulative tool to control people. It's, it's doesn't even, even for a person that doesn't know the Bible, what's, what they're teaching doesn't even make sense. Because those guys, they, some of them, you know, you'll see them on TV, they're teaching this health and wealth gospel and they're wearing glasses. So, and they're not just, so then they say, well, no, I don't see them wearing glasses. There's a good chance they're wearing contacts. No, I'm not joking. I know it kind of sounds funny, but I'm definitely not joking. No, it's yeah. been documented that they hide their trips to the they hide their trips to the doctor's office because it would go against their money making machine. It's food. It, it 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 raises my blood pressure a little bit. As a matter of fact, I just finished reading a book. If you want some validation on the nonsense you're seeing from behind the scenes, Benny Hinn's nephew wrote a book. Oh yeah. Uh, have you read it yet? No, but I know who you're talking about. In the book's entitled God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. And not only does he do a good, it's a very quick book, it's a quick read, and not only does he do a great job of declaring the true gospel, but he gives firsthand account of his own activity within this false teaching. And right. it's, it's sad. I, I mean, yeah. you get mad and sad at the same time, I don't even know how that's even possible. Um, but Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's your heart breaking while the, you know, also justice, you know, like, cause it's wrong, you know, and people are being deceived and, you know, um, yeah, you know, it, I, I struggle with, I mean, I, I, I don't struggle with it for me. I feel like I did the right thing. You know, I didn't like yelling at anybody or anything like that. Sure. But, you know, like I told the guy, I'm like, you, you're, you're, you're constantly insinuating that we don't have enough faith. You know, if anybody says, hey, can you pray for me? I mean, that, that is a call for concern, to, 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 to pray for your brother or sister in Christ who is struggling health-wise, and they haven't been healed yet, you know? And maybe they won't decide of eternity. We don't know. Well, I want you to think of this, too. Uh, God, is, God has condescended to our level, and, and the consequence of our sin is death. So every single human being listening to my voice right now is going to die of their last sickness. All sickness was not healed on the cross physically. That is a reference to the salvation, the eternal cleansing of our sin, and putting us into a right relationship with God. It is not a reference to physical healing or the lack of faith, or the, the fact that we don't give enough, or we don't have enough faith, so therefore we remain sick. It's nonsense. As a matter of fact, we all walk around with a body that's dying moment by moment. So what would you say that we do individually if we are struggling with sickness? And then two, how do we minister to the body? Well, for those of us that struggle with sickness, and I kind of talked a little bit earlier about the chronic sickness, you know, the the reality is to um, recognize that it's a normal part of the human condition. And it is perfectly okay, according to James, if anyone is sick among you, to call for the elders of the church and have them anoint with oil and pray. 
the idea of praying and seeking with desperation Jesus Christ. You know, sicknesses and trials, they actually bring about a humility in our lives that cause us to cry out to God. And so it's okay to pray, it's okay to anoint with oil, and it's okay to walk away knowing that if I'm not healed, then that wasn't God's will for me to be healed of this sickness. I just posted this on my Twitter feed today. I said, it is not hopeless. Even after a doctor's final report, never give up hope on life. Never. And so we live life hope, trusting God and accepting his answer, even when, especially when it doesn't line up with our desires. You hear the music. I got to go. God bless you, my brother. Bye-bye. Hey, we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Got an open line. Grab it while you can. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Just a quick break to take a breather in between our segments here. Welcome to Calvary Live, originating here from the studios at Grace FM Colorado, uh, here in Aurora, Colorado. And we want to welcome everyone that's listening on Hope FM and listening on Truth FM and uh, quite a few other stations across the country and everyone listening online. Welcome. We're glad that you chose to join us today. Uh, it is a, it's a privilege and an honor uh, to be a part of your life and to know that uh, the Lord has great things in store uh, for what He wants to do in your life and in my life. So welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, we're taking your calls, 303-690-3000. I also want to let you know, you guys on, on any other station other than Grace FM, you're hearing this in a one-week delay. So don't forget that. Uh, we don't air live anywhere but Grace FM. If you're here in Colorado, you're listening on the app, or you're listening on, um, you know, up in Wyoming um, on Grace FM, then you are hearing this live. But everywhere else, it's a one-week delay. So what that means, you can call during the show, just while it's airing, you'll get on the air, except that you won't hear it on the radio in your market for another week, which is kind of cool, really, because you can answer the question, be on the phone, and then listen next week to yourself on the radio and just remember what you said and be encouraged a second time. Uh, but you guys on Grace FM, it's live, live, live. Uh, everyone li- watch, listening online, it is live. And we've got, let me just get back to the phone lines here. Brittany is in Fort Lupton, Colorado. Uh, she's been waiting patiently. Brittany, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just had a couple quick questions for you. Okay. So um, one of them, I just kind of wanted a little bit more understanding on uh, the, I guess, the marijuana use. I guess, I, I understand that there's really not a place on the pulpit. Well, being high, I do understand that. Um, I just actually had a really bad surgery, and I had six out of 11 of my tendons ripped, and the rest of them were worked on. And I've been going through this for about three months now. They prescribed me over 200 pain pills, which are narcotics. And I have been substituting edibles for the pain pills, and I'm only doing it medically, not recreationally. I kind of just wanted to see where that was at because me and my husband did pray a lot before we made that decision that that was okay because we don't want that in our house or around our children or anything like that. 
it's just I kind of want a little bit more biblical understanding, I guess, on where that stands. Well, the Bible teaches us that we're not to be drunk with wine, which is in excess, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the idea behind that word drunk is not simply taking a case of wine and guzzling it until you're drunk, but rather to be under the influence of of that particular of alcohol, of fermented grape juice. And so the Bible's teaching us not only not to be drunk with wine, but by application not to be under the influence of substances that can control or alter our thinking. And while I'm not sitting where you are with your chronic pain and the surgery that you just had, I think you would realize it's not, it's not just a limitation of someone that would be taking edibles and things to be from the pulpit. We wouldn't let them drive. We wouldn't let them watch children. I mean, there's, there's even rules uh, within culture today still that would limit the access or the oversight of a person that's under the influence of edibles, that's under the influence of smoking pot or taking in those substances that not only numb the pain, but also bring the mind into an altered state of consciousness. And and as a pastor, I just simply can't approve that from the Bible. I just commend you to your conviction before God and your understanding of the scriptures. But I know, I remember, I remember in a pers- on a personal level uh, with this conviction how it looked in my life. I remember when I moved to Colorado about 19 years ago, uh, I had this chronic headache that never went away. It was a headache 24 hours a day, seven days a week that lasted for months and months and months. And being the man that I am, I just ne- ignored it, learned to live with it, and it was horrible. I finally went to the doctor. I finally admitted that it wasn't going away. I went to the doctor. Um, They couldn't find anything. They did scans. They did everything. And so the doctor began to do what she was trained to do. She gave me a prescription. The first prescription she gave me didn't touch it, didn't do anything. I went back and I said, it didn't work. It did nothing. Okay, here, try this one. Then I took that one and it didn't do anything. Uh, they gave me a. She finally gave me a third prescription, and let me tell you, it took the uh, it took the headache away, all right, and it completely brought me under its power. And I said, I, I can't, I, I I can't operate like this. My mind is not clear, my life is not clear, my conscience isn't clear before the Lord. Even though it was all legal, I don't think I was sinning. I mean, I I don't think I was. I, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't live in such a way where I'm going to shake my fist at God and I don't care what you say. I wasn't like that, you know, listening to, to what you're saying. It's very similar. You're not like that at all. You want to honor God. You prayed through this. And I just came to the conclusion that I, I think it would be God's will for me to endure that headache. And it probably wasn't as bad as the pain you're going through. So I'm not comparing it that way. But I, I in my own life, I was bringing about that conviction to say, you know what? I would rather have the pain than be under the influence of this drug, and so I just stopped. And and I began to pray, and eventually, I don't know how long it took, but the, the headache did go away. So you, you've got to draw the line of what is going to bring you into a place where you can have the most fellowship with God without crossing any lines. And as a pastor, I've just it, there's a few things that I'm just never going to approve of. I'm never going to approve of drunkenness. I'm never going to approve of taking that first drink, and I'm never going to approve of, of smoking pot. I'm never going to approve of, of eating edibles, and I'm never going to approve of divorce. There's just conviction I have in my life. I, I mean, what I mean is I will never encourage someone to be divorced. Um, 
and I know it happens, but it's not going to be because of Ed Taylor's counsel. And it's these things. It's just not going to be because of my counsel. I have to point you to the Lord and to his word, and you're going to have to make that decision and allow your conscience to be connected to the Lord. Correct. I agree. I think that we're, I think we're also entering into the fact that we got to understand why marijuana is so popular today, why it's so legal, because it both benefits the government, they make a lot of money on it, and it benefits big business. I don't know if you re- re- watched recently that there was some big corporation that owned, that bought a couple dispensaries here in Colorado. I forget what city they were in, but it's big business and it's big money. And it is, although it might, you know, I think, like I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert in this area medically, but I, I have read the, of studies where they're taking the, the THC out of, the part that makes you high, out of, and distilling it out of the substance and, and creating you know, pill form or something that would be taken that could touch the pain but not mess with your head. And I think that would be a, that would be a, a great benefit if they could do that. But most of the time, that's not actually not what's happening. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, it, if, if it was my wife in chronic pain, my heart would go out to her. I would be compassionate with her. And I believe I would encourage her, even if she wanted to. I don't think she would. But even if she did, honey, I don't think we want you to not be in your right mind. And that includes opioids. That includes a lot of things. Like, I'm not just talking about marijuana here, but because marijuana has recently been legal, it's kind of opened the floodgates to a believers. Well, no, it's not. Uh, I've had this position all the time. Like, I've never changed my position. Um, I've held to this view even when it was illegal because I think that when you say, well, don't do it because it's illegal, that really doesn't hold a lot of weight because laws change, but God's word doesn't change. And so I, to the best of my ability, I... um. I want to hold to the scriptures and come to my own um, convictions, and and this is a strong conviction because it's it's just something that that man gets out of control very fast. I agree, and that's kind of what I was worried about, you know, with the opiates and stuff. Is they're so addicting, and for stay-at-home moms, which I am, they said that it's even more likely for a stay-at-home mom to get addicted than somebody at work because they have to, you know. Sure. And I was taking so many pills constantly, and I told my husband, I said, you know, I can't do it. I don't know what else to do. I'm doing my physical therapy, and and the days I go through physical therapy are the worst for me because I'm trying to open and close my hand and move Mm. stuff and get things back to how they're supposed to be. And it's not that I want to be impaired permanently with the edibles because I don't like them, but I would, I don't know. I I know. I'm not really sure if it's justifying. I would rather eat an edible than take pills and get addicted because of a lot of women sure. get addicted to pills. Well, you know, I think that, that sometimes, too, when we leave ourselves with two choices, sometimes there's more than two choices. And, and as you pray and ask God for wisdom, I think of, you know, I think of the early church when um, Peter saw that there was an opening of apostles, and he said, let's pick this guy or this guy. And, and just really left God with two choices. And we know that God has many more options than just two that might be before us. And, and I hear it in your voice. I mean, I hear the tension in your voice. And, I, and we can't minimize either. We can't minimize the addictive properties of the substances you're putting into your body. And you, you can't minimize to even with, you know, so, so it's almost as if, I know opioids can be addicted, and I also know marijuana can be addictive. So which one do I want to be addicted to?
but the reality is is that we need to continue to keep our eyes on the Lord that he might bring healing to us because we start messing with things that can bring us under its power, that's exactly what they'll do. And I agree. It, it may not start that way. And, you know, circumstances, they do sometimes feel like we're backed into a corner. Um, you know, I think of, I, I think of, the, I think of the, the different decisions that we make when we're hurt. We feel like we're backed into the corner and we should either do this or that. And, and all the while, God is saying, no, I have other options for you that you don't know yet. You know, I was I shared this with my daughter recently. I text her because I love this passage of scripture. It's in uh, John chapter five, I think. Let me find it here. In John chapter five, that it says that Jesus already knew. I love this. I love this passage. Let me. Uh, oh, I gotta pull up my Bible here. Let's see here. Okay, let me get my Bible. He already knew. Uh, no. I think it's John 4. Jesus is there uh, feeding the 5,000, and he asked Philip to go get some food. And this is such an encouraging passage. John chapter 6, uh, it says, check this out. Um, then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs, and he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on a mountain, and he sat there with his disciples. And the Passover feast of the Jews was near, Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this to test him because he himself already knew what he would do. And these challenges in our lives medically, these challenges in our lives um, personally, spiritually, they pose to us a great challenge, they pose to us a great challenge of faith, a great test but even in the test, we need to remember that God already knows what he's going to do. And we want to hold on to that. I agree. And then I did have another question as well. I'm not trying to take up too much. Yeah, but we've, we've taken, I got to get, there's somebody that's been waiting. So could you call back tomorrow and I'll take that question tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, I, I want to pray for her. And so, Father, I just pray right now that as Brittany is wrestling with this challenge in her life and making these decisions, um, I know as I stand on the Word of God, uh, it's not a popular view, um, but I recognize by your Spirit you will lead people away from those things that would hurt or harm them. So I trust your Spirit would do just that to make your Word come alive. But I also pray for the agony and the difficulty and the helplessness that one feels when they're just under severe pain and the doctors don't know and their answers, the prayers don't seem to be answered. Would you, God, reveal yourself to them as the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we would hold fast and trust you no matter what we're feeling, pain or in our minds, that you are a God that's worthy of our trust and we give that to you, and you help us in our weaknesses. I think of even Paul crying out for that thorn of his flesh to be removed, and it wasn't. You, he remained in life, as far as we know, until he died with that thorn. And you gave him the needed grace that's sufficient for him. And I pray for that sufficient grace in our lives, in all that we face, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's move on. I think uh, we have Pamela. 
Pamela is calling from Fort Collins. Pamela, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I um, was listening when you were talking about um, different kinds of drugs, and specifically a lady was talking about medical marijuana. (laughs) And um, I was wondering, and then you said something about uh, you wouldn't allow them even to work in the cafe where there's hot coffee. Well, it made me think caffeine is a, a drug. Yes. So... Why is that in your church that you're serving coffee? Or it sure is cafe? in our church that I'm serving coffee. I mean, I could say that Tylenol is a drug as well, but it doesn't bring you under its power. So there are a lot of drugs that are in our lives. Caffeine? There's a lot. Caffeine, Caffeine doesn't bring us under its power. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been under the power of caffeine? Yeah, I drink a lot of coffee. But but I mean. But, like, does it alter your mind? Does it take you out of your senses? Does it bring you under its power? No. And that's but... what I, that's what I, that's the dif- dif- differentiation. It's not, I think as you listen to the answers, it's not an anti-drug or anti, you know, even medicinal, even the, what do they call that, those oils, essential oils or yeah, different yeah. natural remedies. That That's yeah. what we're not, we're not talking about leaving all of those behind. What we're talking about precisely was, those things that might bring us under its power. And I guess to some degree, I guess, Pamela, you could a person could find themselves addicted to caffeine and under its power yeah. and need to yeah. forsake it, but not under the sense it would alter your mind, but maybe like an addiction. And I think uh, I think that if a person was recognized that, like the Holy Spirit revealed <laughs> that to them, they should forsake it in the same way. Mm-hmm. I'd right. agree with that. Okay. Yep. Okay, I understand that. Okay. And my second, my second question is... Um, in the Bible, it talks of the Sabbath, the, the Sabbath of the Lord, uh-huh. which is Saturday. And so my question is, why do you worship on Sunday? And I'm sure you're aware of the new Sunday law that will be coming into effect and whatever. You know, they're pushing it pretty hard. But I don't know anything about a Sunday law. What does that mean? You don't know anything? Oh, I've never I, heard of it. Okay, well... Um, the Catholic Church and um, a whole bunch of other people are pushing a Sunday law that will force people to worship on Sunday, or uh, and and then there will be persecution against people who who worship on the true Sabbath of the Lord, which is Saturday, according to the Bible. Yeah, I've never heard and, that, but here at Calvary Chapel, we we um, we worship on Saturday night. We worship on Sunday morning. We have gatherings Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings. Yes. Like we worship pretty much every day of the week here at our church. Okay, the the the, the Sabbath, the way that um, it is calculated, is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Saturday night is not the Sabbath. It's Friday night to sundown Saturday. So, are you saying that when our are you are you saying that when our service starts at six o'clock and the sun is up? that that's not the Sabbath? Which day? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, if, if Saturday we, with the sun still shining. Saturday, if it's Sunday, no. If the, if the sun is still shining on a Saturday at 6 p.m., does that count for your Sabbath worship? Oh, yes. Well, yes. Okay, yes. Good. Because it's from sundown to... But we have a service at 6 o'clock on Saturdays that anyone's welcome to join us. But the Sabbath worship is not... Mm-hmm is not compulsory upon a New Covenant believer. Did you know that? A New Covenant? Is that, is that what your church is, New Covenant believers? You bet. 
Yeah, Jesus uh, instituted the new covenant, remember? He handed, well, the new covenant, the new covenant is, is um, um, love, uh, the, you know, loving your heart for everyone in, in love. It's actually, crazy, the, the new covenant really, the new covenant is, the new covenant actually is the finished work of Jesus Christ is sufficient as the only fulfillment of the Old Testament law, so that by faith in Jesus Christ, you and I have fulfilled the Old Testament law. And you're right, there is a manifestation of love as we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. We're then able to love our neighbor as ourselves, but we no longer have the old covenant, the old law, as a mandate upon our lives in order to be right with God. That the satisfaction of God was met by the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. And if a careful reading of the New Testament in the book of Acts would also reveal to us that the early church met on the first day of the week multiple times. Uh, As a matter of fact, the first day of the week is associated with the resurrection of Jesus Christ because people go, well, when did the Sabbath change? The Sabbath never changed. And in Judaism, in the Old Covenant, it is always sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. You're right. But our, in the New Covenant, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he's fulfilled that. He's complete that. And now the New Covenant, listen, has replaced <laughs> the Old Covenant. And anybody that has questions on this, I actually, this was such a popular topic, uh, not um, such a popular topic, not, not too um, not too long ago, that I did a Bible study on it. Um, and so if you're interested in that Bible study, email me and I'll send you a link, or you can just download our app and put the word Sabbath in the search engine and the study will pop up. And there I make my point by point by point on why believers are not mandated to worship on, on the Sabbath or on Saturday. But if you want to, you can worship on any day that you want because we no longer have a Sabbath day in Christ, we have a Sabbath God. I love it. I love, love, love the new covenant. God is so faithful to us. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Scott in Aurora, Colorado. Scott, welcome to the program. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Got a quick question for you. Well, it's more than a quick question. It's a two-part question involving, uh, in reference to um, Catholicism. Okay. Um, I know some people that are Catholic, and they, um, you know, I, basically they just say, I'm Catholic when I ever talk about Jesus or the Scriptures and so forth. So I was like, I'm Catholic. And my response is always, do you, do you believe as Jesus Christ is the Son of God, come in the flesh, lived a sinless life, died on that cross for your sins, and rose from the grave, defeating power, oh, the power of sin and death. And they say, yes, I do. Do you put your faith and trust in him, and do you believe you got to repent from your sins? And they say, yes, I do. I said, so what's the difference? And they can't ever explain it to me. So my question is, they pray, they believe through Mary, they, they pray that you God or Jesus, and John fourteen six absolutely refutes that and says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and it comes to the Father except through the Son. And then also, and, and I don't remember the scripture, Pastor Ed, but the Bible does say uh, in a religious sense, or not a religious sense, but in a uh, 
a sense of praying. You don't call anyone Father except your Father in Heaven. Okay. When people pray in those manners to uh, Mary, and then the second question is when they confess sins to a priest, kind of twisting that scripture, confess your sins to one another and be healed. Um, does God hear those prayers if their heart is truly in belief in Christ? God hears their conversation, but technically they're not prayers. Prayer is defined as communicating directly to God. And so I don't believe praying to Mary is a real prayer. I mean, I know we're using that phraseology, but it's simply not. Now, God can God hear what they're saying? Yes. Does he know and love them? Yes. But the, the Bible, you know, the one, the one verse that's probably the most important one is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. There's only one mediator. And so I don't believe talking to Mary is actually real prayer or to the saints. And in the confessing of sins to the, within the Roman Catholic system, that, that confession is not necessary because now, remember, we're learning in Hebrews that the veil of the temple was torn in two. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we can enter into the holiest of all by a new and living way. And we get access directly to the throne of throne room of God, and so I believe by prayer being a, a lang, uh, being conversation between man and God, I think anything that is directed away from God is not true prayer by definition. I absolutely agree, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the veil because it was torn from top to bottom, not bottom to top, so it could not be done by man. Yes. So awesome! Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and like I said, you know, the first thing I always ask them, I, I don't try to test their hearts, but I want them to know where I'm coming from. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I talk to them about church or the Bible, and they love hearing most of it. And then they will say, but I'm Catholic. And I'm like, you know, um, don't put your salvation, uh, I don't put religion before your salvation. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And I bring them back to the gospel. And I, I just want them to understand, you know, from, from a heart of love that religion will only hurt you, but a relationship with Christ will save you. And I think that that's true for any church that we go to. I would hate for anyone to say, you know, hey, this is what the Bible says. Well, I go to Calvary Chapel, and I No, 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 no. No, what does the Bible say is, is the most important answer to any question? And that, you know, uh, since this, this program ended up taking off— uh, on some tangents with medical marijuana, we have a tendency, and I believe we're all guilty of this, where situations sometimes trump the Bible. And, you know, great pain can trump our understanding of the Scriptures. And then, and then once we go on that path, the longer we go on that path, the more justifications we come up with. And, and I just know in my life the kind of example that I want, uh, that I want to give, the kind of biblical teaching that I want to provide— is I, I take into account and, and, and become very empathetic with the pain and difficulty in someone's life, but I can't allow that to take me away from giving a biblical answer that is within the context of the Scripture itself, and letting the Holy Spirit sort it out. I don't, uh, we don't have to argue about it. We don't have to be upset about it. We just let the Bible sort it out. You know, a lot of times people will go and go, wait a minute, Ed, didn't Jesus make water into wine? He did. Yes, he did. He did make water into wine, but he did it sinlessly. He did it sinlessly, 
and he did it in such a way that brought joy to a wedding, and in no way whatsoever is Jesus Christ affirming drunkenness when he makes water into wine. Whatever he was doing, it wasn't sin. And so that can't be used as a, that can't be used at all. Um, I have somebody really close to me that loves to use that when, when, well, didn't Jesus make water into wine? And Jesus, and, and Jesus did a lot of other great things like die for your sins. So what about that? But at any rate, people like to argue and, and I just don't have it in me to argue anymore. This is what the Bible says. You disagree. That's okay. Disagree. But the authority of the Word of God speaks for itself. Yeah, one of us are right, or, or both, both of us are wrong, but God is always right, and that's what we're shooting for. So, Amen. you know, one of us is, if two people disagree on a biblical text, one of us is right, or both of us were, are wrong, but God is always right, and we should always strive not to make our own point, but to be right in the Lord, to go toward the Lord. So just in case we are wrong, just in case it is wrong, I, just in case in this area I've made a, a mistake, I want to go toward the Lord, take people toward holiness, toward a fear of God, while still loving and caring. God bless you, bro. God, Gotta go. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, that's the end of today's show. Thanks for joining me. May the Lord encourage you, strengthen you. We'll see many of you tonight at Calvary Church, 7 p.m. We'll be here. Doors open at 6. And um, go to our church website, Calvaryco church for more info. See you soon. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.